0: The Bride Chiller Wedding Planning Survival Guide is your go-to book about how to plan the wedding you want, ditch the wed stress and get shit done. I wrote it, by the way all my work it is available to order now at bridechillerstore.com where you can also pick up the companion Bridechiller field guide our filler outable wedding planner that is full of everything you need to record and document throughout your wedding planning process bridechillerstore.com on with the show
1: You're listening to the Bride Chilla podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillers plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time.
0: Well, it it is the Bride Chilla podcast. I'm Alicia, the host of the show. No shit Sherlock, you've probably been listening for quite a, some time if you haven't, well, this is a new experience for you, and I welcome you. Today delighted to be sharing the time with a fellow funny person. Uh, She's an author. She's been on most television shows. I'm I'm not going to list them because fuck, I'm impressed. Um, I get sent wedding books. And before I introduce you, Laura, this is what I do. I pretend to introduce you and then I don't. And then I talk for about 10 minutes. Um, Thank you, Laura Wilcox. Uh, I get sent wedding planning books. I've written a wedding planning book, but not as fun as this one. And uh, I get sent these books and you know, I don't feature all of them because sometimes I'm like they sort of go against the bride chiller ethos. Uh, I was recommended now, Laura, you're gonna to have to remind me of your friend's name, which is terrible, I've forgotten her name, Megan? but yes, Megan Sullivan. got in touch, yes, yes, legend. Yeah, she got in touch with me and she said, Uh, my friend wrote a book and it's pretty awesome. Not your average
1: wedding book, it's called I Am Bride very unprofessional introduction. Laura Wilcox, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you, (laughs) Megan, for making this introduction. Well,
0: I also owe her something because I uh, really just nodded along, but also just wish that I'd written it. So there you go.
1: (laughs) Thank you. That is kind of the ultimate compliment
0: to thank you. It's my pleasure. Now, look, I am bride. It is a satirical uh, look at
1: wedding planning, but everything that you've written is the truth. Well, that's (laughs) There's some truth in comedy. That's what I'm going for. I mean, yeah, it's it's funny because I think that my publishers didn't know what section to put this book in, if it should go in, like, the (laughs) wedding section or or the humor section because it is. It's a a parody book. I hope no one out there actually – it's a wedding guide book but all satire. So, I mean, you could plan your wedding using this step-by-step guide, but I wouldn't actually recommend it. I would Um, love to see that wedding just by the way. I mean, I think – I'm just wonder. I just hope out there somewhere someone does use it as an actual literal guide <laughs> and just plans the most insane, over the top uh, wedding that just isolates all their friends and family. I mean, that's what I hope. That's my dream. Yeah, I,
0: I, well, mine too. And if that's you, do get in touch. And I think you probably yeah, need know. some help and probably listening more <laughs> to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I did the first thing you know you sort of read in the book is uh, a wedding is a race against death for many women over yep. thirty. Yeah. Which. I was an over 30 bride and, um, you know, and now mm -hmm. I'm in my mid thirties. So it's, it's basically towards the end of my life.
1: We're all basically teetering on the edge of extinction really is, (laughs) is that's a, a wedding just is a reminder that we all die someday. And this is your one (laughs) chance to, to, when do you get to be a princess? You know, you get one chance before you die to be a princess, maybe two, you know, nowadays, maybe two chances, you know, um, And, uh, you know, that's just really what a wedding's all about. Um, (laughs) We're kidding.
0: You you also described weddings uh, like a tsunami, inevitable and uh, (laughs) devastating (laughs) in its beauty, Um, which really, again, had me giggling and also made me think about we should, like, do some sort of charity fundraiser and send copies of this book to lots of the bitches that comment on the wedding forums from (laughs) the Knot and elsewhere that really need... Some psychiatric help, Uh, but I feel like they would probably not get the joke.
1: No, I don't think that they would, I think that they would just be offended. I, I mean, yeah, the like (laughs) I, I went, you know, I have a lot of feelings about after I wrote this book while planning my own wedding, and I was, I really do like to think of myself as a bride chilla. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I really, I was not, I tried not to be, and I didn't want to be an uptight bride um i didn't have a lot of preconceived notions about what my wedding should or shouldn't be um and but i found myself still getting very sucked into the planning process and i i i think when i was crying over what florist to hire was sort of <laughs> when it hit me like oh i've i've lost it and i've i have gone to the deep end and i need to remember that it's just a fucking wedding and i need to like take a step back and kind of cool out um, and I started writing, uh, sort of satirical essays that were, were featured on the website Jezebel. Um, mm. and from there, the idea from the book came. So for me writing things, pieces that would sort of poke fun at the wedding planning process and the wedding industry as a whole was very cathartic for me as I was planning my own wedding. So I'm hoping, reading something that reminds you how stupid the wedding industry as you're planning your own beautiful, amazing wedding is, is going to be just, you know, just what the doctor ordered. Um, cause the wedding industry really is, it's, and an, it's an incredible and terrifying world that you enter when you start planning your wedding. Like I, I wasn't really privy to it before I got engaged and I was just like, Wait, I, I contacted one florist who. Um, their minimum budget was fifteen thousand dollars.
0: Oh, that's sensible. That's totally sensible.
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh, I work, <laughs> I work in the wedding industry. would <laughs> be very rich. Yeah, I
0: think we. I think most weeks I'm like, why am I on the periphery of this business making no money when I could be inside. Yeah. Being a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Exactly. In the book, you sort of write, a, I'm sure, a version of the real conversation that you had turned into a satirical sort of uh, lovely graphic of these emails that go back and forth to vendors and especially the, the florist and the yeah. idea that you write. And I had exactly the same um, situation with a caterer who believed for catering and this is just – we got married in Melbourne, in Australia – Ooh. We kept saying, we just want this very laid-back, small, casual. You know, you add all these words to the emails and they're just like, get fucked, here's a bill for $20,000, for, uh, which doesn't include alcohol and anything, and we didn't oh, go with yeah. them. But it was yeah. virtually the same email that you put in the book about saying, <laughs> but we are doing artisanal breads. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, I don't, uh, I just don't know if this is... Correct. I don't know what's going on. What planet are you from? I don't need this. Yeah, I don't need
1: this. Yeah, I have. So, so just the the book is written from the point of view. I I I wrote it from the point of view of this like fictional wedding planner who maybe Mm -hmm. probably isn't that fictional in real life. She probably no, I've missed it. Yeah, Um, but fictional in my brain. Um, so this wedding planner who believes that, you know, the bride, the, the wet, a wedding is like the most important day in a woman's life. And there's nothing more important than a bride in the whole world. And, you know, there's no place for the groom in this process. And, you know, it should be your big day. It's all about you do whatever you can to make this day. Perfect. Isolate everyone, use your <laughs> bridesmaids as slaves. That's what they're there for. Um, <laughs> And respect your vendors because the vendors are are the key to wedding success. So there's a – it's one of my favorite sections is is this imagined email conversation between a bride and a florist, which, yeah, it was based on my email conversation with this one particular florist who made me feel like shit for for daring to reach out to her to ask for her prices Mm. because I – it, the the real florist that I reached out to, I was like, hi, I'm, I saw your she really had incredible flowers and was like based in Brooklyn. And she so was like, I love your work. You know, I, you're an artist, really. And uh, what are your baseline? You know, I just love a sense of, just a general sense of your pricing. And she took forever to email me back because she is right. not thirsty for my money. Um, but she probably could just sense that I was below her standard of bride. And she was like, well, our starting budget is, Fifteen thousand dollar minimum, because we find that anything below that just really isn't worth our time. Wow! <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa! Whoa! Um, so yes, there's a section within a you know a, a an imagined email version of that get, gets a little more heightened between a bride and her florist. Um, we're, we're supposed to respect the florist. The florist is God,
0: and well, they are. I mean, they deal with a lot of different facets of the wedding planning, and uh, yes. they let you know about that. We love florists.
1: Yeah. Hello to love florists. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I would love There's to be enough. a florist. It seems like such a sure. cool job. And what they do, like, what they do is amazing and beautiful, but $15,000, I mean... I wouldn't pay $15,000 for most medical services. Like, if, if I had a surgery, if they were like, this surgery will save your life, but it's $15,000, I'd be like, I need to think about this. I don't know. Like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm certainly not going to pay that for flowers. But that's just me. Yeah. That's just no, me. Teach us It's all. also me.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm piggybacking on you. It is also <laughs> me. I don't know who the people are that are affording the $15,000 Beyonce flower wall uh, yeah. situation. Not Beyonce. It was, a Ki- it was Kimio. Sorry. Gosh, yeah, I Kimio. got them wrong. Think, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, how embarrassing. Yeah. Um, so embarrassing. Yeah, I know. Um, we'll be forever punished <laughs> for that mistake. Uh, but, you know, I mean, ridiculous. And also, I love, you know, going back to that point that, that the guilt that she sort of projected on you for dare asking a a price or you know questioning the authoritar that was flower experience and price list there I think every bride listening and groom uh listening has probably gone through that situation of getting that that pushback from a vendor that's like uh don't you question how much I'd be I'd be charging and it's like ridiculous in any other facet of our lives for a service, for whatever service that we, we ask for, you, you don't ever sort of get that response. It seems to be quite um,
1: normal in the wedding industry, though. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's it's very, very, I can't tell. Maybe just because I gave off of this, like, desperate, panicked aura of <laughs> I don't, I'm not one of those brides who's like, this is going to be what I want. I want this and I want that and it's going to be my day. And everyone, like, bows down to her. And I was giving off the total opposite aura of, like, I have to make so many decisions on things I don't have an opinion on and I don't know where to begin. And I feel like all I had a lot of vendors who were like they they saw my weakness and like a shark they struck <laughs> and were like, I'm gonna manipulate this woman so easily to my ver every whim. Like I when we went to see our wedding venue, um, which was a beautiful golf course, guys, just the prettiest golf courses in uh, like the Hudson Valley of New York. It really was gorgeous and I, we oh. had a great time. But the, the wedding planner, there's like a woman who works there who's sort of like the coordinator for the whole place. And when we went to see it for the first time, mind you, we're still deciding if we're going to go with this place. She was so condescending to me because um, I didn't have any decisions made. I'd been engaged for about four weeks maybe. And we're walking around the venue and she just like turns to me and is like, well, what are your wedding colors? Oh. And I was, I didn't understand the question. I was like, oh, I was, I was, I was going to wear white. Like, I don't understand. Um, she was like, no. It was like she like rolled her eyes and was like, no, what are your wedding's colors? Like what will be the decorative theme colors? I was like, oh, I would have to pick the." I, I don't know that that was a thing I had to do.
0: And she was like,
1: well, yeah, it really helps with, like, the cohesiveness of the – it helps us, you know, it helps us a lot. It's really important. Oh. I was like, I didn't yeah. know. I'm so sorry. I, I love you. Please like me. Um, so, of course, <laughs> we went with this venue because um, it did make me feel like she knew what she was doing. I was like, well, she has a lot of – she has a real sense of, in, like, authority and entitlement, so I trust that. Um It yes, very good. good. But, They're yeah. like the
0: original bullies from high school. Not all of them. I just yeah, wanted. Yeah. to just – Every, the statements I'm making, hopefully my yeah. listeners know by now, I do make rash general statements about lots <laughs> of things and that I can't be held responsible yeah. for these statements.
1: Issue a Twitter apology later. Yeah, it's fine. I'll Whatever got, does now. Yeah. I've got
0: one on just a cut and paste sort of uh, general thing. <laughs> um, but some of these people, like the golf course wedding coordinator, it's yeah. like they do seem to remind me a little bit of the mean girls from high school. I know it's a little yes. cliche, but I think about where – some of these girls, they sort of picked up those attributes back when they were 16 and then have just carried on and, um, you know, good on them, but not great.
1: There's something, you know, to get into the psyche of someone who is a wedding coordinator for a living, and I'm completely making assumptions because I don't know anyone personally who is a wedding coordinator, but you have to love bossing people around and... I imagine they do work with a lot of brides and grooms who are super anxious or really uptight and want everything to be perfect, Yes. which um, – so you, it ha- it takes a certain personality type to be like, I'm going to help – I'm going to plan weddings, which is – there's just a lot of emotions that go into a wedding day. There's a lot of big personalities. There's ego. There's expectations. There's – it's a lot. You're You're stepping into like a very fraught world. So you have to be a strong person, I think to become a wedding coordinator or planner in,
0: in control calm and deal with lots of psychos i think yes, basically absolutely potential psychos not and actually but like
1: some. no but not all but i like the bridezilla <laughs> idea she does exist but then i also through planning my own wedding i was like i think bridezillas are not born they're created by the wedding absolutely. industry When you are spending a gazillion dollars for one party, of course you're going to be that psychopath who's like, every fork has to be perfect, you know. Like, (laughs) you're spending so much money and time planning, and you've got the familial expectation, you know, your your family and your new in-laws family, like putting all these. This pressure on you to like for everything to be perfect. And Pinterest is like this gateway drug to what a perfect wedding is supposed to look like. And so of course you're going to start to feel like everything has to be perfect or I'm going to cry. I mean, it's just, it's just all the expectations and money being spent and time being spent. Like, of course it's gotta be perfect. So, and then lo and and then you're labeled a bridezilla by the patriarchal society, you know, When you Mm. think about, like, a Bridezilla is really just a – she's just a woman who knows what she wants and isn't afraid to get it. I mean, she's behaving like a man in a boardroom, really, when you think about it. you know. So maybe Bridezilla is, like, the most feminist figure we have in, like, modern society. This is just my feast. I'm going to go back to school, get my PhD in in wedding studies, and this is just, like, my feast. I would support you in this. I'm testing it out on you guys here first to see if if I'm onto something, but – we need you know. it's like a
0: lean in movement for the wedding industries. So I feel like really? we really need this, and I feel like we you're the it. person
1: to herald that. I feel, I'm happy, happy to there. be that figurehead, to be like the Gloria Steinem for just specifically weddings. I can't I feel like tap all of womanhood, but but brides I can talk about.
0: I feel like that's a it's a good niche or niche to get into. <laughs> Laura Wilcox, uh, we are talking all about I am bride. Your slash her, I'm speaking about you in person and as a general person Uh, in... uh, That was weird. Uh, (laughs) I Am Bright is the name of the book. Don't get too weird, Alicia. Uh, There'll be more (laughs) with Laura after this very short but very meaningful break. Welcome back to the Bride Chiller podcast. Laura Wilcox is the author of "I Am Bride," a very satirical, very funny look on uh, the nuts and nutso industry that is weddings. And uh, Laura, so you wrote this when you were planning your very own wedding. You yes. said earlier on that it was a great cathartic exercise, as is as in I found any comedy writing to just write how you truly feel. So I'm I'm yeah. sure this would have been like a, like a therapy
1: session every time you sat down at the keyboard it it did it was nice to kind of uh to poke fun at this process that i was myself getting very emotionally caught up in i i i had a like pretty traditional wedding and all the bits and pieces and the bridesmaids dresses and the you know um picking like table numbers and deciding on linen colors and all those little decisions that you have to make. I'm getting like a heart attack, even just remembering all the decisions I had to make. It's been like two years now. I'm like, Oh God, so much to do. Um, It's (laughs) really just had like a visceral physical response to just listing some decisions I made a few years ago. Um, (laughs) So that's how it's a big thing. Um, But yeah, it was just, I was like caving to the, the stress and the pressure. And I, you know, I, I've, I was like, I felt like I was becoming that cliche, even though I really, you know, I really didn't want to be. Um, and so, yeah, making fun of the process and kind of poking fun at it and reminding myself like, oh, it's, this is just a wedding. It's just a big party I'm planning. And this is an insane industry. And it's very funny when you think about it. And so all of that really, uh, it was helpful for me to, to laugh at it and, you know, take that like one step back and be like, Okay breathe um just but breathe. but that being said i still you know it was oh god i was going to pick up my wedding dress at this little boutique in brooklyn where i was living at the time and um i it was supposed to be like the final fitting where like they put it on okay looks good and i take it home and we're done and oh at the second fitting uh the seamstress was like buttoning me up and pricked her finger and got blood on my dress right. so that happened, um, and I was like, okay, that's fine, they can get it out. So, we went back and uh, to go pick up the dress, uh, put it on. They did get the blood out, which was great, although I always knew that it was there that my seamstress's blood was there on my dress. I knew it was there, but they did get it out, but like her DNA was still there, but it's fine. Um, she's with you in, she's with always here and in genetics. Yeah, she was my something borrowed really no. on my wedding day, yeah. you know, her 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 blood. Um, but so I put on the dress and it just didn't fit right. It was like too, it was a strapless number. It was too tight on my back. So I had like back skin like hanging over the edge, which is not a good bridal look. It's not what I wanted. And we spent so much damn money on this freaking dress at this point. And we're so close to the wedding day and it just like didn't fit right. And all this, the seamstress and the woman at the bridal salon was like, well, are you just on your period? Are you just bloated right mm-hmm. now? I was like, I'm nice. not on my period. I'm not bloated. This is just the size of my body and the dress doesn't fit. <laughs> and I was just standing there sobbing in my wedding dress in a bridal boutique and was like, I am like pulling a Carrie Bradshaw right now from the second like What is happening? Who have I become? Who am I? And I would love to just deflect all my, all the blame for that onto the wedding industry. You know, it's not my own fault that I was crying. It was, you can do that. It was the wedding dress. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, it, it's, it's an emotional time. I think for any.
0: <laughs> Tell me about post wedding depression. <laughs> because that is something that uh, I've talked about on the show, and it, it actually mm. reminds me a little bit when you finish a play or you finish a stand-up, you know, yeah. show, and then you're like, "Oh, that's done now. What it's am like I going to a- do with my life? I have yeah. nothing left. I have nothing left."
1: Yeah, we have. I have a section about the stage, the five stages of post-wedding grief. grief really, I enjoyed yeah, that a lot. If you're so, you know, this big day that you've been, your whole life has become about planning this day is over, um, which is crazy because it, it is, you're like, it's over. It was six hours long. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> um, and that was something I kind of, I, I just wrote about the concept of like post-wedding grief was just kind of funny to me that I personally felt nothing but like a deep, deep sense of relief and joy <laughs> that it was over. So maybe I shouldn't have had a wedding. Um, I, I had a great time, but I was, so happy that it was over um, and just, like, f- so relieved. I mean, it it, went, it was very fun. We had a fun time, so I was very relieved that everything went, you know, relatively smoothly. Um, but I mostly was just thrilled I could, like, get back to my life and stop pl- and not, like, plan yeah. a wedding anymore. If I was like, if I could yeah. do the wedding again every day or every weekend, that'd be great, but I'm very happy to be done with planning. Um, and I we went on our honeymoon right away, uh, right after – the wedding, which I highly recommend if you're able to swing that to go on, even just like a mini moon, to go away, to just go away from your friends and your family who love you so much and get the hell away from them and go with your <laughs> new spouse and go be alone with them and do something like cool and relaxing. That was the best. Um, cause it was a, it was a real bitch to plan a wedding, a honeymoon while planning a wedding and, um, but it ended up being very worth it. But I personally felt no uh, depression. <laughs> I felt just <laughs> so, but I think I, I, it makes sense that one would, because you've just spent so much time planning this one party and, and then it's over and you're like, well now what? Uh, now I want to do another fun thing. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. I didn't, I, I just moved on to my next, but I'm a person of
0: projects. So I'm like, we'll get an, yes. I've got another project. I'll write something else or I'll do something else. And I think, if you are of that mind, it's probably just, yeah, you know, that was one thing you did. Let's yeah. move on. But I can see if, you know, you don't have anything else going on in your life. It could yeah. be a problem. So in get my a hobby, book.
1: girls. Yeah. In my book, I, you know, the wedding planner character who, who wrote this book says, well, now your project is to have a child and. Um, And, you know, you can rub that in everyone's faces that your kid is cuter than every, you know, because a wedding, it's all about making sure your wedding looks better than everyone else's and makes everyone else feel bad that they're either not getting married or having an inferior wedding. So now that that's done and you don't have that in your life anymore, it's time to have a child and to immediately get that (laughs) child an Instagram account so you can start rubbing your cute kid in everyone's faces. (laughs) Let's just hope your kid Uh. is cute because if not, you're really, you're shit out of luck.
0: you're a bit fucked. You're uh, yeah. in big trouble. You yeah, to be big. a regular old parent. Oh, no. <laughs> we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. Um, this is so funny. I'm so delighted. And I'm going to, as much as I want to keep this book, I'm going to give <laughs> your copy away to one of oh. my bride chillers today. Ooh. So we're going to do a social media question. Hmm. What would you like to ask my people to uh,
1: give them the book? putting you on the spot what was your biggest bridezilla moment oh good great what was your bridezilla moment yeah hopefully where you had that out of body experience and went oh my god who have I become hopefully you were horrified with yourself but that's not required you can also just be proud of yourself that's fine too yeah I think it's absolutely fine and as long as there was no
0: sort of injury yeah uh, both both emotional or physical and yeah. you thought about, if you were a true asshole, you, you thought about mm-hmm. later on maybe apologizing or thinking maybe. you won't do that again. I think that's fine. Just
1: a PS, I'm yeah. sorry, and the thank you cards, is, that would suffice. Yeah. It's not who I am. I was sort of forced to do this
0: by this industry that is borderline nightmarish sometimes. <laughs> I do agree with you. I just want to hark back to this idea about bride, Bridezilla because uh, Jamie Lee was on the show um, a couple of months ago oh, really? and she was also – yeah, it was great. And she, she was also talking about this idea of Bridezilla as a feminist principle and I really yes. – sort of loved this idea to say why there's no word for an angry groom like or a, a opinionated groom and it's just like yeah. any other shit that we have to deal with uh, regularly with going uh, that if women are arguing it's a cat fight and if we have an opinion and we're ballsy we're you know assholes so it's like why should we perpetuate this thing uh, over and over again so I Absolutely. I love that you said that.
1: Yes and Jamie's a good friend of mine so I'm glad we, we're, we're having a group mind here about this yes. a feminist yes. icon here writing about weddings we should get more we, we need more feminist weddings I feel like I we should
0: just, exactly we should get your book together her book together which is called yeah. Ridiculous Fantastic and, and bring it all together I think the Bridechiller community if you're looking for a book list and here's what I'm going to do in today's show notes I'm going to put all my favourite books up because I think uh, well that's what we should be doing just go and buy them read them support yeah. awesome authors and Um, move on with your lives, basically. (laughs) I want to say lastly, when I was Google stalking you, I realised where I recognised you from multiple things. You've been on (laughs) numerous TV shows, obviously. uh, Obviously, I say that like I'm a super (laughs) expert. Inside Amy Schumer, that's probably the most recent one that I'm like, oh, I know know her. And then also one of my favourite comedy sketches ever is Everyone's Upstairs Neighbour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I remember seeing, and just happened to hit, and I'll link to it today, but I happened to be living, we happened to be living in an apartment with the noisiest upstairs neighbours ever when this happened, and I was in a deep, angry, emotional state where I was ready to club them to death.
1: It's like psychological Um, torture, it really is.
0: Correct, and these were like 65-year-old-plus people who occasionally we'd hear this... (laughs) like running across and we're like, they can't even fucking walk up the stairs. Why are they running in the apartment? So when this clip came up, we I like cried with laughter and it was like some sort of emotional release that I really needed. And so when I saw you in it, I was just like, ah oh right
1: (laughs) yeah no it's it's that that video went very viral because it's apparently a relatable thing like anyone's upstairs neighbor is just sounds like a drunk baby learning to walk who's also a giant (laughs) it's just what it is it's we just got our old neighbors just moved out and I never heard a peep from them and the new people who just moved in are walking around wearing platform shoes and just (laughs) bowling and knocking over furniture and I don't know what they're doing up there but they never sleep. And (laughs) I hate them. (laughs) I hate them too. I don't know what their faces look like, but I hate them. So the struggle is real. You'll never meet them and you'll never know, but that's, that's, that's life.
0: That's life. Um,
1: Life Life in the big city. Exactly. (laughs) If you want
0: quiet neighbors, move to the sticks. Uh, Laura Wilcox, gosh, it's been a pleasure. I have
1: laughed.
0: My stomach muscles feel like I've had a workout and I haven't. So
1: that's great. perfect
0: if we would like to learn more about you do some google stalking we could just simply hit the google but uh where do you advise people go to start their stalking
1: well let's see i have social media um oh. this new hot new thing called social media Stop it. um instagram twitter it's laura underscore wilcox and wilcox has two l's in it everyone always gets that wrong um i'm actually friends Don't make that mistake Don't yeah make that mistake. I've become friends with the woman with my email address with one L in it because she gets so many of my emails and she's a delightful woman. She lives in Orlando. She's so nice and always forwards me my email and is really Aww. sweet about it. So big shout out to Laura Wilcox with one L in Orlando. <laughs> you're, you're my boo. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I'm on, I'm on the internet and uh, right. I, I am bright is on Amazon. It's at Bards and Noble. It's, you know, in, buy it where books are sold, I suppose. Yes, I think that's the best plug ever.
0: And uh, if you want to know more, I will link to all of these various websites uh, and including the other Laura Wilcox's email. No, I won't. I won't do that. I won't punish her. Um, (laughs) Thank Mm. you so much. Thank you. This
1: was so fun.
0: Oh, likewise, sharing this time. And you can also visit laurawilcox.com. There you go. Uh, As we like to say to end the show, Laura, happy days.
1: Happy days. The Bride Chilla Podcast, telling
0: chair covers to get fucked since 2014.